Welcome to Pretty Lies and Alibis. Let's seek the truth and travel the long road to justice together. What you know, alibiers. Welcome to another episode of Pretty Lies and Alibis. I'm Gigi. It is Friday, June the 2nd. My youngest is out of school. All three kids out for summer break. She was sad for about a minute and a half after she got picked up. And then she was like, hey, it's summer. I turned my alarm off because I'm very famous for the last day of school, not turning that 6 a.m. alarm off on my phone. And then the first Monday of the week, bam, I'm up. And I'm one of those people that once I get woke up, I I don't go back to sleep. If my eyes pop open past 5 a.m., I'm up. So I remember for the first time probably in 11 years to do that. Proud of myself. All right. Real quick, thank you to everybody who's donated and bought merch. Appreciate you guys. Reminder, if you're watching this on YouTube and you have not hit that subscribe button, please do. It helps push this channel out to other people who might like true crime stuff. And it's just a really easy way to support the podcast. So I appreciate it if you do. Music fact of the day, Aerosmith. You know, I have researched this for 20 minutes to make sure this is true. And everything I see seems that way, but they only had one number one hit. I mean, they've been going at it since the 70s with some great stuff, but their only number one hit, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, which was written by the amazing Diane Warren, that movie Armageddon. That was the theme song, and actually Steven Tyler's daughter Liv starred in that movie. That was in 1998. It was on the top Billboard Hot 100 in the number one spot for four weeks. Man, oh man, oh man. These evil, evil women killing these innocent children. It is just nonstop. And even though this trial is over and there was a guilty verdict on all counts, she was not insane as she tried to act. I feel it's important to tell the facts of what happened to Gannon because his story deserves to be told. This trial started at the same time Lori Vallow did. As you guys know, I was in Boise for that, and I just wasn't able to watch both and and cover both trials at the same time. So I really feel that since we covered this very early on in the podcast, his murder actually happened before we started the podcast, but we did follow this and did several backstories on it probably over a year ago. I wanted to sum this up because this case has had my heart just unimaginable what this woman is capable of, what she did to Gannon. And I think her and Lori Vallow have the worst case of diabetes I've ever seen in two women, two very evil diabolical women. It is unbelievable. So a lot of you guys know the story, but let's go through a quick who's who. You have Landon Bullard and Al Stauk. Now, they were married, and they had two children of their own, Gannon, who was murdered, and then Lena, cute, cute little lady. Then we have Al's second wife, Letitia, the evil stepmom. She came into this marriage with a daughter from a previous relationship. Her daughter's name is Harley. And she does come in later on in this story. Letitia and Al do not have any biological children together. And in fact, he divorced her after Gannon's murder. Let's kind of go through a timeline and then we're going to jump into Al's testimony. He was the first witness on the stand. Very poised. I have to say, listening to these calls has been torturous in a way. 
because Letitia just screams and yells and shrieks and everything else. I may have permanent hearing loss in my right ear from this crazy woman. So just a quick run through the timeline, then we'll dive into all of his testimony on the first three days of trial. This happened right before COVID hit. So this was January 27th of 2020. Letitia kills Gannon at their home in El Paso County, Colorado. She reports Gannon missing that evening, saying that he ran away between 3 and 4 p.m. that day. January 28th, just a little insert here. Al is active duty in the... Uh, Army National Guard. He was away in Oklahoma, had just went to Oklahoma the day before this happened for two weeks of training. So he flew home and got back the 28th. So when he gets home, they meet with investigators at a coffee shop where Letitia again says that he ran away to a friend's house and never came back home. January the 30th, Gannon's case is upgraded from run, runaway to endangered and missing. And then the FBI crimes abduction rapid deployment team comes on board. January 31st, Letitia gives an interview on camera to Spencer Wilson with News 11. She says she can't talk about the case, but the community needs to work together, not make false accusations like she has disappeared and that she's not helping and that's not the case. She said they have gotten 20 death threats. Landon, which is Al's ex-wife and Gannon's mother, was staying at Al and Letitia's house, by the way, during this time they were looking for Gannon. This is the date Letitia moves out of the house, and Al said after this he never saw her in person again until, I guess, hearings for this case. February 3rd, a neighbor of Al and Letitia's produces a video that shows Letitia and Gannon getting into a truck, but only one person comes back. February 5th, the DA is seen inside the residence. March the 2nd, Letitia is arrested in my stomping grounds of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. March 4th, Letitia attacks a deputy on the transport back to Colorado being extradited. They had to stop at a jail in Kansas to hold her. The body cam video that was played in court. So when we get to that, I may see if I can get some clips from that to show here on the podcast. March the 5th, Letitia arrives back in Colorado and then she has an advisement hearing via video. March 11th was the first appearance in court and she's charged with first degree murder. March the 17th, Gannon's body is discovered by bridge workers in Florida. March 20th, there is a public announcement that the body is indeed that of Gannon. June the 4th, Letitia catches more charges from trying to escape from the police car. September 8th, Letitia is found competent to stand trial. So now we go into 2021. January 19th, for a second time, she's found competent. She played that incompetent card, tried to act bizarre on camera. It looked like a really bad acting job to me. Every time I saw her, I thought, man, just not Oscar-worthy performances there, no doubt. February 26th, she asked to fire her counsel and represent herself at trial. I remember we all thought, let's do this. This is going to be a mess, and we're here for it. But May 3rd, Letitia's like, never mind. I changed my mind, and she gets new counsel appointed. November 4th of 2021, she pleads not guilty to all charges. And then in 2022, February 11th, a judge allows Letitia to change her plea from not guilty to not guilty by reason of insanity. August 25th, the sanity exam showed, guess what? She was sane when she killed Gannon. 
the defense requested a second evaluation be done for sanity. So moving into this year, 2023, March 20th, jury selection began. April 3rd were the openings. So we're just going to kind of touch on openings a bit because this is all testified to later. But Gannon was born September 8th of 2008 to Al and Landon. He was a preemie four months early and weighed only one pound, six ounces. He had medical issues being born that early. And the lasting effects of being a preemie were super mild compared to how early he was. He did have ADHD and some stomach issues, but otherwise he overcame the obstacles he had being born a preemie. Alan landed had Lena in 2012. That's Gannon's full sister. And he affectionately called her buggy butt cheeks. That is super, super cute. Alan Landon were living in Myrtle Beach and they separated after 10 years of marriage. And then Al met Letitia in 2014 there in Myrtle Beach. The two of them played on a softball team together and they were married in January of 2015. Al said that Gannon had love in his heart for Letitia. He wasn't afraid of her. And he said one of the things about Gannon that is special is that he absolutely loved his mom meaning Landon. He had some of that same love for Tisha too. Letitia has an older daughter, Harley, and her biological father died in 2014. Letitia told her that her dad had been robbed and killed, but Harley later found out that he actually died of a drug overdose. In the beginning, after Al and Landon divorced, she initially had custody and there was some back and forth where the kids would go stay summers with Al and Letitia. But Landon got pregnant and was on bed rest. So at that point, Al took a lot of the custody so that she could rest up and try to carry this pregnancy to term. Letitia had a teaching job in Myrtle Beach, but she was a no-show when school started. So when the school district contacted her to find out, like, why are you not here on the first day of school? She said she left because she was being harassed by Al's ex-wife, Landon. Landon is the niece of the superintendent of the school district. However, guess what? Nothing was ever found to back up her stories of harassment. She is a she reminds me a lot of Lori Vallow in that everything has an explanation and nothing is her fault. She is a professional victim. Everything was done to her. And these phone calls. It's never about Gannon. It's And we know that because she murdered him and dumped his body in a suitcase off of a bridge in Florida. But she didn't hide the fact that she was so self-absorbed that pretty much all the phone calls were her lying and making excuses, changing her story 50,000 times. I'm telling you, I've never covered a case where the story changed so much. Half the time, she's just screaming, screaming into the phone. Al is active National Guard. He was a recruiter for 12 years, and then in June of 2016, he was commissioned as an officer, and then he was stationed in Columbia, South Carolina for a few months. In 2017, Al said it was tough times for him and Letitia when he took a job that would put them in Alaska. He said the day they were supposed to leave to go to Colorado for training for him to go to Alaska, Letitia threw all of his stuff in the yard. Gannon and Lena would come visit him in Alaska for the summer and then would go home with their mom, Landon, for the school year. Both Al and Letitia would discipline Gannon and Lena when they were in their care. In 2018, Al, Letitia, Gannon, and Harley all took a vacation to Hawaii. Al testified that Letitia wanted to be like Kim Kardashian, y'all. 
when he said she she like kept her head down and her hair in her face. I mean, she's just trying to hide because this is all really embarrassing stuff. Kind of like Lori at times in court where she would put her head down and not want to be seen when things got really awkward. But when he said she wanted to be like Kim Kardashian, like she popped her head up so fast and kind of looked at him. He said she wanted to live beyond their means and that was a huge source of stress on the marriage. And she also accused him of cheating on her at one point. Now, Letitia's daughter Harley testified that Letitia was not happy in Alaska. And in fact, Letitia told Harley that she was going to kill herself and that she had already taken whatever she was going to take. And Letitia would travel between Alaska and Myrtle Beach to visit while they were stationed there in Alaska. And then Al said, Letitia said, we should just give Alaska back to Russia. While Al was stationed in Alaska, Letitia made sexual harassment claims against a captain and a lieutenant colonel while Al was serving up there. Al said the captain had been drinking one night and then when he and Letitia met the captain for dinner, he allegedly made some comment to Letitia. When he saw Al, he left. Letitia made the complaint directly to the National Guard. Summer is around the corner and living in the humid South, I find myself wearing less makeup to let my skin breathe easy, but I still want a little coverage. Kosas has me covered, literally. Kosas makes clean makeup for people who take their skincare seriously. Their complexion products are actually proven to make your skin better and are dermatologist tested, safe for sensitive and acne prone skin and hypoallergenic. Kosas Revealer Concealer. It's not your mom's concealer. It's super creamy, weightless, and it's a total multitasker. It's a concealer, eye cream, and spot treatment in one. Millions of people have tried Kosas, making it one of the best-selling makeup collections at Sephora. So don't choose between wearing great makeup and taking care of your skin. Right now, Kosas is offering my listeners 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more when you go to kosas.com slash world. Go to kosas, K-O-S-A-S dot com slash world for 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more, plus free shipping. That's Kosis.com slash what the world. I've been on the road covering trials for 12 weeks so far this year, and BASE has made my travel so much easier. It's an overpacker's dream. It can be hard to fit everything in, especially when it comes to luggage, but with BASE, there's room for everything. BASE was created by actress Shay Mitchell to make sleek and affordable bags, luggage, and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly while still looking fashionable. BASE has thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360-degree gliding wheels, a cushion handle, a built-in weight indicator that has saved me from last-minute overweight luggage fees and scrambling to balance weight between my bags. We've all been there. It also has washable bags for your dirty clothes and all the interior pockets you need to keep organized. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional. It even has a place to store your shoes separately. I can see why Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews, one of those from me. Right now, Base is offering my listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting Base Travel travel.com slash what the world go to base travel.com slash what the world for 15% off your first purchase that's base b 
travel.com slash what the world. After the allegations, Al was uncomfortable, so he transferred to Colorado in 2019. Al said Letitia was manipulative during their relationship, including telling him that she was pregnant with twins, even sending him a photo of an ultrasound, but she was never pregnant. This is not verbatim. Number one, not possible with her screaming into the phone. But since this was a lengthy trial, I'm trying to do several days at a time in one episode just to cover the facts and get it out. There's a huge backstory there. And I, I think we covered a lot of it on previous episodes. So this is more just trial what we learned. After these accusations were made, Al just was not comfortable staying there. And he was transferred to Colorado. Letitia and the kids were in Colorado in January of 2019. And then Al came that next month in February. Letitia worked as a substitute teacher at French Elementary until she got her Colorado teaching license in March of 2019. And then August, she started her job, but then she resigned in November. In late 2019, Letitia's like, hey, I've always wanted to be a flight attendant. So she goes to Orlando for training for Spirit Airlines, but she didn't stay very long. I haven't researched to see why, but I kind of have a good feeling. Maybe she just wasn't a good fit. Letitia had been hired at Mountain Ridge Middle School on January 22nd. And she attended three days of their orientation. The district told Letitia they rescinded their offer of employment due to inconsistencies on her job application. And she, it's not a surprise, but this woman had issues at other schools in the past where she worked. In 2019, Letitia filed two burglary claims. The first one, she said there was a hammer hanging from a string in the garage and there was a squatter living in the attic. She staged a break-in by dumping the contents of an ammo box out, as well as dumping clothes from a hamper. And a mattress was kind of pushed off the box springs, making it off-center. She said she fired a gun at the intruder, although a shell casing was never found. And eventually, Al kind of called, yeah, this don't make sense. And then she admitted she made it up. Like, why? I mean, it's such a look at me, look at me. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Poor me, poor me. It's like, that's what this woman life centered around. It just, oh. Letitia's daughter, Harley, said on the stand about the move to Colorado. Initially, it started to feel like they were a family again because everyone was there and they were all together. But she also said that Al and Letitia would often argue and her mom would drag her into the middle of these arguments. That same year in 2019, Gannon and Lena were sent to counseling due to a few things. The stress of the back and forth with custody between Colorado and South Carolina and Letitia told Al that Gannon would come after her. Al said he just wanted to be sure counseling helped with that separation from their mother and also any issues that might need addressing he said he never saw any aggressive behavior from Gannon to anybody, although Letitia said he came at her with a knife. He testified about a green suitcase that was extra large with a broken handle that belonged to Landon's aunt. This would be the suitcase that Gannon's body would later be found in there under that bridge in Florida. So on January 26th of 2020, Al left to go to Oklahoma for two weeks of training. So they shared some text messages between Al and Letitia. Al said early on January 27th, which at 2.48 a.m., Letitia texts Al saying that Gannon is having stomach issues and blood in his bowels. She said he was crying about having to go to school that next day. And she talks about how upset Gannon was about dropping a candle on the carpet 
but says she told him it was okay as long as he was okay and they would fix that since it was a minor thing, as long as he didn't mean to do it. At 8.10 a.m., Letitia talks about Gannon lighting a candle to mask the smell of him having a stomachache, but Al testified he never saw Gannon light a candle and said that Letitia did not like cleaning up after Gannon if he did have an accident on himself. Here's the thing. If you don't want to be a step-parent to anybody's kid, don't get married to them. And also, make sure that you can handle any issues those kids may have that need assistance before you marry their dad or their mom. I don't get it. These boyfriends and girlfriends that kill their partner's kids, it's, it's a very scary world to be dating in, I'm sure. Just, mm-mm. There was an incident while hiking at Garden of the Gods, which is my favorite place in Colorado, by the way, with Letitia, Lena, and Gannon, where he had an accident, and Letitia seemed frustrated about that. Now, they show a video, and this was a video that Letitia had filmed. It's called Candle Accident. This was so hard to listen to because Gannon's crying, and she is just mentally abusing this poor kid. He pinky swears he didn't do it on purpose. And he sounds terrified to me. I really do feel whatever happened with these with with that night when this video was recorded, it scared him because he just sounded terrified. He sounded like he was in pain. What is Letitia doing? Oh, Essentially, this is all your fault. We might get kicked out of here. We're going to have to figure out what to do. We may have to sell the couch, that kind of thing. And he said, I'm just worried about my burns. And Gannon's little sister is also present when this video was being taken. Al said, those were the last words I ever heard Gannon speak, which is, I'm just worried about my burns. Gannon does not go to school on this day. Letitia told Al it was due to the stomach problems. And she sent a couple of photos. And here is a, by the way, here is a picture of the candle spill. And pay attention to this picture. It comes in later with Letitia's version of what happened. And then this picture is the one that Letitia texted Al January 27th on the day he was murdered. He is asleep in this bed, kind of on his side. Al testified that Gannon didn't sleep with blankets piled on him like that, and there looked to be a pillow wedged underneath that blanket. The two photos show Gannon's hands in different positions, and in one photo, the bed had been pulled from the wall, which Al said was not normal. So that day, we know, unfortunately, Letitia kills Gannon at their home, and reports him missing. The 911 call is played, and when asked who was the last to see Gannon, Letitia says, uh, I guess me. Al was in Oklahoma. He had just finished up his first day of training and had gone on a jog. Once he was back at his hotel, Letitia texts saying that Gannon hasn't come back home from a friend's house, and apparently he was supposed to be home when the streetlights came on. Al said it was out of the ordinary, but at that point, he wasn't overly concerned. He said it was surprising that Letitia said Gannon had gone to a friend's house because he hadn't went to school because he wasn't feeling well. Al also said it wasn't normal for Gannon to miss school due to stomach issues. So those two things really were more worrisome to him or curious to him than at that point, Gannon not being back home. Well, what does he do? He comes right back to Colorado, and Letitia picked him up in a rental car. 
She told him that a co-worker took her to the airport and that she had dropped her car off at French Elementary School where she had worked. Leticia said they were going to be doing a lot of searching, and since her car was being leased, she didn't want to put a bunch of miles on the car. Al said, when it's an emergency, miles on the car don't matter. At that time, Gannon was considered to be a runaway, and there was a sighting possibly at a gas station, so Al and Leticia took his truck and met an officer there. As we know, obviously, the video did not show Gannon at that gas station. On January 28th, Al and Leticia had an interview with investigators. They gave the investigator Gannon and Lana's phone. It was a phone that they shared. They didn't each have their own phone. They shared that one phone. Leticia said Gannon had gone to a friend's house and just didn't come back home. Later on, Al said he was going to go out and look for Gannon, maybe at a Walmart or a GameStop. Gannon was a gamer. His dream was to be a gamer on YouTube. And there is one video. And it's so cute. You can tell he's watched a ton of them. And he kind of does the typical YouTube intro, which is, hey, guys, I'm playing this game right here. And then it just shows him playing Sonic. And he was so adorable. His little voice was so sweet. So he was really big into his his Nintendo Switch. His dad said that was kind of like his pride and joy was that gaming system. He decides maybe I'll go to GameStop or go in the game section at Walmart. Then he decided to go look for Letitia's car at that school she said she left it at. He thought maybe Gannon could be in there. The car wasn't there. Al said that was a very key moment for him when he thought maybe she's not telling me everything she knows. He called investigators because he just felt something was wrong. And then he went back down to the police station and met for a second time that day. Gannon's mom, Landon, comes into town and went to the sheriff's office as soon as she landed. And she stayed at Al and Letitia's for a few days, which was a huge source of tension between Al and Letitia. So within the first week of Gannon being murdered, Letitia and Harley move out because she can't handle Gannon's mom staying at the house. On January 29th, Al was asleep on the couch and Letitia sent him a text asking him to come into the bedroom where she was. He does. And then she proceeds to tell him this story, the first of many. Well, actually the second, because the first story was he went to a friend's home and never came back. But she proceeds to tell Al that she had been sexually assaulted by a man who had gained entry into the house on the day Gannon was murdered. She said she had been beaten and the man had also beat Gannon and took Gannon. She said all this happened in Gannon's bedroom. She told Al this is when Gannon was burned. When asked where the bloody mess was, of course, Letitia said she cleaned it up and got rid of all the bloody cloths and everything because she was scared. Al said Letitia wasn't crying when she told this story, but she was freaking out and her speech was rushed. Letitia used the names Eduardo and Quincy Brown in relation to the assault. She said she didn't tell the story initially because she didn't want it blasted on El Paso News. And then she says, you wouldn't want me if he knew that she was assaulted. In a later phone call to Al, she said the fake man was still in the house when police searched. Of course, Al knows this story makes no sense. It's not true. Al's mom and sister were staying there at this point inside Gannon's room. And so after this story, he told them to get their things out of the room because it could potentially be a crime scene. He took all the firearms out of the house and locked them inside his truck. The pistol and the shotgun were registered to Letitia. 
Al then calls investigators to tell them the story that Letitia had just relayed to him. Letitia decides, I'm leaving. Letitia's mother and brother were in town. They were there with her as well as her daughter, Harley. Al said Harley was acting really reserved during this time. Al had an officer there while she got her stuff because the situation had become super tense, as you could imagine. So at some point here in the very beginning, Al starts recording calls for the FBI, as well as taking direction from them about what to ask Letitia. They were listening in on these calls. Later in a recorded call, Letitia said that when the man broke in and assaulted her, her mom was effing gone. I tried. I didn't know what was going on. Another story that she told to Al was that she had given the code to a man to get into the house who was going to fix the carpet. In a call, Al asked Letitia, this is after she's moved out, how she's doing, and she said she hasn't had any food because they took everything, her money, her cards, her purse, her Apple Watch, and her passport. The call gets cut off. Letitia said she had to use some dude's phone to call him back. Al tells her that investigators have his ID and he can't get on base to the secure area where he works and that they also have his truck. She said her daughter Harley did not have her high school diploma, her ID, or social security card, and she is supposed to be on base weekly, but can't get in since she has no ID. Letitia says, I'm not downing anyone, but they don't need to lead the investigation if they're not going to lead. She said that El Paso County was barking up the wrong tree and not following the tips she had given them, and she also says that there is a witch hunt for her. She sounded really angry when they were asking the public for tips and saying the public wasn't there. Letitia also said she got a statement of hers notarized about what she knew. Like, that's going to help, woman. In another story, she said Gannon cut his foot on something in the garage while helping her unload the car. She said she had Gannon sit in the back of the car to bandage his foot so they did not get blood all over the garage. She also said he cut his foot on a board Al had left under her car. So Al does woodworking and has tools and wood there in the garage, apparently. And she said they turned the board over so Al didn't freak out that the board was messed up. She said blood got on the rug in the garage, so they threw it away and bought a cheaper one. She said Gannon kept going over to the gate, and when she asked Gannon why... He told her to be sure the gate was locked. Letitia said that she was surprised Gannon had the key to the gate, and Al said it was on their dresser the entire time. Once back inside the house, Letitia said Gannon went to his room and locked the door to keep his little sister out. So here we go now. Letitia heard a noise from downstairs and thought a box fell over. She went to Gannon's door and knocked, and he told her she couldn't come in because he was building something. She told Gannon that she had Pedialyte pops and told him to go have one. She said the next day, which was when Kobe Bryant and his daughter were killed in the helicopter crash as well the, as the other people that were in there with them, Gannon saw her crying and Gannon told her that he knew Kobe had daughters, but also knew he wanted a son. She tells Gannon that she had lost babies and trusted him to keep that secret and to pray. She tells Al they took a couple of hikes around on the Lorison Ranch trails she says creeper people took her picture and you can see them online. And just some random things. Letitia talks about Gannon having his Nintendo Switch taking away as punishment. Gannon saying his uncle Matt was coming to visit, but he doesn't have an uncle named Matt. Letitia said Gannon was playing with a kid named Grayson and says she had not heard that name. 
and didn't see anyone with him. She said Gannon wasn't allowed to be online, but he was watching TikTok videos and Letitia told him to stop. So he watched TV. Letitia said she was upstairs getting Lana ready for bed. So now we move on to the candle incident where Letitia said Gannon got burned. I mean, look, guys, look at this picture. She said the fire started because Gannon said he was on his Nintendo Switch and thought he heard Letitia coming and he accidentally knocked the candle over. Letitia said she heard the alarm start to go off, so she put the code in the keypad to make it stop. She said she took Elena outside and gave her the keys to the truck and put her inside the truck along with the dogs, and then she said, sorry, for a second I hadn't remembered that, but she finally remembered Gannon was downstairs, and she said she was coughing and choking from the smoke. Y'all, this picture, if you're on YouTube, that did not cause any smoke. That is just hot wax, it looks like. I mean, choking her to go inside. It's, she's making herself a hero here, or trying to. And really, she's just making herself look like a moron. She said she got a mask from the garage and ran downstairs to Gannon's room. And she threw, I think she said a blanket, it was hard to hear, over Gannon and his arms were burned. She said it wasn't bad. And when Al asked which arm, Letitia said... I feel like it was more across the arms. I should have looked a little more in depth at his arms and Al said, yeah, if he was hurt. She said Gannon grabbed his covers and ran outside with her. Al asked what time because maybe it was caught on a neighbor's camera. When asked what actually burned Gannon, Letitia says, I will get to that. She goes on to say that once they got into the truck, Gannon was screaming and crying, apologized and was worried about losing his Nintendo Switch. She said she drove off because she was freaked out. Now, never mind that the house, according to her, is choking smoke and she has to put a mask on to get Gannon. I guess it didn't occur to her like to stick around because when you're... I don't know about this alarm specifically, but when that alarm goes off, usually somebody comes over your speakers and asks, are you okay? Is this a true emergency? Or if they didn't, you would think she would call 911 because the smoke was that bad, but the smoke was more scary than the fire, according to Letitia. And she drove and wondered if she should call the fire department or if anyone needed medical attention from the fire. I mean, you do have Gannon screaming, according to you. But she said she was in shock and she pulled back into the driveway. She said Gannon had bubbly spots on his arm. Once inside, she said Gannon went into Lena's room where he was cold and shivering and his arms were hurting, but Letitia said it didn't seem like an emergency. She said it was underneath and hadn't broken the skin. And of course, she says in hindsight, she probably should have had his arms looked at. She said that night Gannon was afraid to go to sleep. And that, that tells me something. I don't think it was from some wax being spilled on the floor. I think Letitia did this to Gannon. I think Letitia did something to Gannon that night, and that's why that poor child was scared to go to sleep. She said on the video, she was telling Gannon not to worry about it, and they'd get a new couch as long as it was an accident. She said Gannon woke her up several times during the night with a stomach ache, and she said she texted Al to see if Gannon could stay home, but he didn't get the message because of time zone differences, and she decided on her own to let Gannon stay home the day he was murdered. She said she called the urgent care line about a stomach ache and the nurse got snippy with her because she didn't have a referral. The nurse said to give him Miralax. Al asked, what did you do for his burns? And she said she put aloe on them 
And she said they made a silly joke about it because he wasn't in pain. Al asked, did you give him any Tylenol for kids? And Letitia got really super loud and said Ganim wasn't complaining and it was a lapse in judgment. And she's sorry. She said Ganim began to peel the blisters either in his sleep or because of his nerves. And then she said on Monday he did it again. She said the plan was to take him to be seen if it got worse. And that's why she let him stay home from school. So there, I mean, you see the discrepancies. He's staying home because he has a stomach ache. But now she's saying she let him stay home because just in case he needed to be seen about the burns that were bubbly and and causing him to scream. I can't even, y'all. She also said Gannon started picking his fingernails in bed that morning. She said he was upset and not eating, so she gave him water and Pedialyte. According to Letitia, the blood in the hall was from where he was picking at his blisters. She said that day they ran errands and went to 